0: Everyone, it's time for more Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. This is episode 137. And we have good friend of the show, Guillaume Villette, returning here hey. after a long hiatus.
1: Yes, thanks for having me. It's always fun. Although it's always last time did I do really badly. I seem to remember really struggling, so fingers crossed. You're not the yeah. only one.
0: Don't don't <laughs> feel bad about it. <laughs> well, Guillaume only knows one of the games this time. So he's going to be playing along, but uh, I I think uh, I chose some games he may know, so I'll I'll leave it at that.
1: That's only going to make losses more infuriating.
0: Well, I can always edit that out in post.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, it's it's only going to, like, the fact that I'm going to know the songs, but not figure out what game they're from. (laughs) Anyway, that's going to be entertaining.
0: All right. Well, yes, let's get started. Try to figure the games out, folks.
1: There's no way it is what I think it is. You're trolling me. There's no way there's no way you never use this. But uh I guess we'll see. to say. I, I would have figured that you would have used this game before so... hmm.
0: Well, here's your hint question Guillaume, because clearly you need it. <laughs> 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 what is the name of the secret level that is decidedly vertical in design forcing you to climb all the way up and then fall all the way down?
1: Okay, so it is a version of Super Mario World, but uh, I guess, like, what's the catch? Like, it's a GBA version or what?
0: No, no. It's Super Mario World. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep.
1: I, uh, sure I'm is. very surprised. So you, you never use this, really? Um.
0: Well, as, as Greg, uh, our mutual friend Greg requested this a while back, said, uh, it's probably too obvious. And right. that is probably why I have not used it on this show before.
1: Right, and um, you were like, "Well, Guillaume needs all the help he can get, and uh, no. I'm gonna love the soft
0: ball for him." Uh, no, sir. It was it was primarily driven because <laughs> it, this is probably the closest episode to one uh, Mario Maker's coming out. I was like, "Okay, well, I'll, oh yeah, let's uh, let's Synergy. finally use this sucker." Um, this is Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo, which I'm sure I've used or has been used multiple times over the years in the live show. Uh, yeah. way back when I'm sure we used it way too often, but. Uh, We're talking like 2002, 2003. Um, But as far as I can tell, it has never been used on the podcast. So here we are.
1: Yeah. So like basically like the final bus fight with Bowser and then the intro music. (laughs) uh, It it couldn't get more obvious. Um, Uh, Well,
0: you know, the final battle with Bowser, I thought might throw people off because that music is also used in multiple Mario Kart games. And it sounds very similar in, in Super Mario Kart. So.
1: Yeah, but none of the Mario Kart games, I think, have the uh, the the intro like the so. Yeah, that's a dead giveaway. But uh, no, I, that that's cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Super Mario Maker, and uh, Super Mario World does have great music, it great does. sound.
0: Yes, it really does, and and. I shouldn't be surprised when I go back to that every time. I love it, and it's so cohesive. Um, mm-hmm. But it always wows me whenever I play this game or listen to music from it. I was like, "Wow, this this is really well composed and interesting and interesting arrangements." And of course, you know, most of the songs—not all of them, but most of them—are um, arrangements of the main theme, like one theme. And I, I did try right. to avoid using that same three versions of that same theme, as you probably could have tell there from the selections, mm-hmm. but. It just—it's pretty cool. I don't know. It, it just—it it, really, really love the soundtrack. I love yeah. Mario 3 too, but I really do love uh, uh, World, and it really makes interesting use of the instrumentation and, and, the, and the synth instruments that uh, the Super Nintendo introduced. So.
1: Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Like, I, I was playing it recently, I, I've got a new soundbar, so I get a bit higher quality sound, or or maybe I played it with headphones on, but I could really tell, like, they, they, they add echo when you're inside a, a cave. Uh, or in an underground level, you know, and uh, yeah. it's just, like, it's, it sounds so crisp. Like, it, it really shows off the uh, the audio chip of the Super Nintendo, I find.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I think a lot of people, when they originally played Super Mario World, they were playing it on, you know, old, you know, RF technology, probably, mono connection. Right. And so a lot of that was lost. Um, and, and so it transits really well, you know, on, on modern... Uh, emulation on Wii U, and and probably also Wii. I mean, but uh, it, it just it sounds so crisp and good. You're, you're absolutely yeah. right. Um, one of the things that I, I think I've grown to appreciate more and more over time, and I confess, I think I was on the retroactive episode for Mario World, so I'm probably repeating myself here, but uh, <laughs> the world design is just so intricate. And every, I mean, I go back and replay this game maybe every three or four years, and every time I revisit it, it's just like, oh my God, I can't believe how intricately connected things are and, and secrets and secrets. And it just, I feel like Nintendo kind of went a little crazy with, hmm. with some of these levels. And, and I, I have to wonder if, like, the special stage levels kind of helped inspire Mario Maker. Um, because some of those special world stages are just so crazy. Even some of the Star World, which, you know, special stage being a secret within a secret, uh, right. just... You know, the, the, those level where like you gotta jump um, using the, the spin jump, and then you're like drilling down the whole level. Um, right. I mean, that, that's so crazy.
1: Yeah, and last time I, I played it, uh, Karen was uh, watching me play, and I, I could not remember what the the sequence was. Like you have to be like the keys on maybe like the left, and the, the doors on the right, and I, I just couldn't figure it out. I couldn't find it, and, and it's not a complicated level. It's just you drill straight down, right? Yeah. But uh, it's just wide enough that you, you can kind of get lost there. If you've got the cape, it helps because as you spin down, as you drill down, you uh, you can uh, kind of go through uh, the, the the blocks on the side. But still, it took me way more time than I, than I expected. I wanted to show off. I wanted to uh, to speed run, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that kind of backfired. Yeah.
0: So I, I really love how how crazy and and you see some of that craziness. I think in some of like, the really late levels in, in modern 2D Mario games, but I, I just felt like there was a lot more of that playfulness with level design in, in Mario World than, than you've seen a lot of the Mario games. Um, another standout level, which is the one that I, I asked about, and uh, the question is where you go all the way up and then all the way down. Uh, do you remember the name mm-hmm. of that level? Or Is
1: that... Is that tubular or? It's gnarly.
0: I think tubular is the gnarly. second one. Yeah. Okay. I and mean, I, I always thought that one was really crazy. And one of the, one of the things that like I didn't realize until I was maybe a little older, was that you can if you hit the block, like that makes, I don't know, there's destructible or, or you know the old box that you flip. If if you hit that before you hit like a beanstalk, it'll go through that, and so like it changes how you progress to the level. There's just a lot right. of really weird stuff with like P switches and just a really weird level. It always stood out to me. Um, mm-hmm. and that would be the sort of level I'd be interested in trying to make in Mario maker. Um, but I, I think I'll be shit at making levels. I, I have to say, <laughs> um, but, uh, if I were to try to attempt something, I, I think I would try something along those lines. Cause it's just so, so playful with mechanics and I'll, I'll be curious to see, um, just how much of that's reproduced for the Mario world. Um, Mode. Uh, I confess, mm-hmm. I haven't watched a whole lot of the uh, you know preview builds. Right. And, you know, Neil's been making a lot of stuff, but I mean, in, in Mario World, you can hold something and also shoot a fireball because there's Y and X both after that, and that that kind of lets you do a couple of weird things too, about like climbing mm-hmm. while up a, a vine while holding a, a shell or something. So I, there was a lot of really weird stuff like that that you could do, and, and the game kind of let you uh, take right. advantage of
1: i've uh, kept myself so much in the dark uh, for super mario maker that i don't even i don't think i've seen the feather in a level it's a, it's a no, i don't think right.
0: I, I don't think i have either i'm sure it is It has to be
1: it has to be has they've to be. got freaking stiletto boots and uh i don't know they've all got they've got all sorts of crazy stuff so they, they've got to have a feather
0: yeah
1: although i can not imagine how having a cape would make your level really hard to design um but I guess, you know, that that's the kind of stuff that we're going to be figuring out pretty yep. soon. I don't know. They got a the
0: Hammer Brothers suit. I don't know. That'll be cool if they have that. <laughs> I really have no idea. We are in the dark, guys. What, what can I say? Pay $10 for Hammer Brothers suit DLC. <laughs>
1: I hope not. <laughs>
0: yeah, I hope not, too. I, I could see them doing a Mario 2 as DLC, but uh, mm. not, uh, not a power-up. Well, yep, that's Mario World. Gnarly yeah man. I
1: well I don't know like we, we, yeah what is there to say about it like that hasn't already been said listen to RFN the super Mario, Super Mario World uh, retroactive and uh, <laughs> if you if you don't find this to be enough
0: it, it, it really holds up well I, I love Mario 3 it's my favorite Mario game but over time I gotta say I appreciate Mario world more and more and more and more
2: mm
1: it's just for some reason even though i never owned it uh before the wii um it's the mario game that has the physics that i find to be the best like Mm. that i'm more used to um super mario 3 sometimes i struggle with really really silly things and i'm not sure why yeah um and it's all due to the physics Uh, it's he's kind of heavier i think um, and in Super Mario World, he's got more. Like you can, you've got a bit more freedom to to go left and right as you uh, sure. as you fall down. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Okay, well, we're going on to the second game here, folks.
1: sensing a theme here. (laughs) Am I wrong? I I don't know. (laughs) Is that too much of a hint? I'm sorry. Um, But uh, yeah, I feel like suddenly I I think I know why I've been invited to be on this episode. Okay. (laughs) Okay. okay, see, this always happens. I think it's something, you know, I think I know what it is, and then the second uh, song is like, oh, wait, no, it's not at all my first guess. Mm. It's something I've played. I'm sure I played it, and it's really bugging me, so I hope the the, the question is helpful.
0: Well, here is your question. This third-party game is notable for optionally supporting which
2: peripheral?
1: First thought uh, when like the first song made me think like oh wait I think that's from like a, a sand level from a Mario game so I was ready to say like New Super Mario Brothers 2. of course the question doesn't fit with that and neither do like the 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 other two songs
2: mm-hmm.
0: that, that first song um, I think it must be a classical piece I know I've heard it in other contexts I, I really actually I actually tried to find out what that was and I just couldn't figure out what it was um but it really right. is so familiar it's like I, I know i've heard this before um mm-hmm. so if uh, any of our listeners actually knows the real name of that song composer right i'd be curious cuz I, I, I a search of the internet was not helpful for me
1: <laughs> and i'm i'm stumped like i i can't even tell which system this is um it it kind of you know like a second guess would have been streets of rage um you know like on the virtual console mm-hmm. but i I can't think of a peripheral that it would use, so, uh, I, yeah, I've got no idea.
0: Oh, well, this is a little game requested by someone named Guillaume uh, a Are long time ago me? called King Arthur's World for the Super Nintendo. What? I uh, kept in my records. Yeah, Are Arthur's you kidding word. me? Yeah, King Arthur's World. Yeah.
1: Wow, so... <laughs> that doesn't fit at all like the 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 second two songs now i can understand why the first one would be familiar and kind of sound classical because that that game has a lot of classical music yeah uh it's got the the ride of the valkyries it's got um you know other stuff like stuff that you recognize Mm -hmm. um wow that's interesting i i don't remember the this kind of like jazzy music in it at all it must be in a kind of really trippy uh level i guess because yeah i don't remember this
0: I'd never heard of this game before you, you know, you requested it. Um, right. And uh, it's it's a weird game. It's it's kind of like a, a platform real-time strategy game, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah.
1: Like, to, to me, as a kid, like, it struck me as kind of a Lemmings clone, except that you're not... Maybe it's a little bit less puzzle-heavy, um, mm-hmm. because you do have enemies to kill, So and you've got... What are your units again? You've got archers. I think
0: there are a lot of them. Yeah, there's archers. There's these guys that like have like explosive barrels and right uh, guys with shields. And I suspect there are a whole bunch throughout the the game.
1: Right. So the combat in this game does have kind of lemmings or or real time stress. They're kind of puzzles, I guess. Um, It's been so long. I I don't really remember it. All I know is that I, I. Played this. I rented it a long, long time ago, and uh, we did not have the peripheral, so we played in a con- controller, and it was pretty challenging. And uh, I remember not being able to make it past a level that I think we were in the clouds, or at least in the high-up tower, or something like that. And uh, you had to be really, really quick, hitting switches to open doors and going through them before the floor gave up under you. Jeez. Oh, uh, yeah, and in and, and this type of game where you, you're controlling so many uh, uh, units, um, it, it was extremely, extremely difficult to, to to kind of get them all through this kind of gauntlet. Um, so that that's basically like the the uh, the memory that that this game left on me. Um, that and also uh, right of Valkyries and you're, you're kind of uh, you're fighting this. Uh, i think some sort of big monster and you're using all your catapults or all your barrel throwing guys and uh, it's very very epic and uh, back in the day it was very very impressive especially the music you know it, it it has this kind of um rock and roll racing quality to it
0: yeah that's a good touchstone
1: right like back then we thought holy crap this sounds exactly like the actual music of course today we i don't know maybe uh we're less impressionable but back then it was like holy crap this is right of the record!" like I, I know this from from so many movies and i i hear it through my super nintendo and it sounds amazing
0: i think it still sounds good i i, I this game was i think by argonaut does that sound right um uh, maybe and uh i think this you know the the instrumentation still holds up pretty well mm-hmm. i mean compared to a lot of you know third-party western games a lot of them just sort of had kind of generic maybe the, the generic uh uh instruments and this you know this actually sounds pretty rich you know
1: yeah so it is from argonauts and uh so yeah the makers of Star Fox and uh um, several other games stunt race effects hmm. and uh wow, I did not know that. Um
0: Did do we mention the actual peripheral or did we just kinda dance around that?
1: No, uh it uses actually the Mario Paint mouse. Yeah. Which makes sense when you know that it's kind of a lemmings like. Um so yeah, you could instead of uh, trying to assign commands to each unit individually, or I actually don't remember exactly how it worked on the controller, but I'm sure it was you know like very very difficult, very challenging to to highlight exactly the unit that you wanted, and then to get it to do exactly what you wanted to do. Um, with a mouse, I, I, I suppose that you could just uh, you know move the pointer to the unit, and then click the action, and then you know control it that way. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty interesting.
0: Yep, so that's King Arthur's World for the Super Nintendo.
1: Yeah, look it up if you can find it somehow.
0: Yeah, no, I, I watched a couple of levels on YouTube. Yeah. You can definitely find Let's Plays and stuff on, on this game.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe I'll watch the, the end of this game on YouTube somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's probably not uh, worth slogging through the whole game for that. No. All right, we're going to move on to the next game requested by Zoop.
1: Was fun. Um, I'm actually not sure if I played this though.
0: I like that song a lot.
1: This I recognize in some way, but I'm I'm kind of wondering if it's a licensed game or something. Very, very familiar.
0: Here's your hint question. Which enemy from this game that says hello is an homage to a classic movie persona?
1: Well, that was lovely, and I finally, finally clicked. Um, is this Earthbound Beginnings?
0: It is Earthbound Beginnings, ah. of course. Finally released here in North America on the Wii U, but originally for the Famicom.
1: Right. Wow, that was uh, really good. Uh, there's some really good music this episode. I like this.
0: Yeah. Uh. Uh, the The person who requested the zoop actually, I believe, commented that uh, he. he kind of likes the music from the NES game more than the Super Nintendo game, which is probably a controversial statement, but I I, I kind of agree with him.
1: The, oh, the, wait, the Super Nintendo music is better?
0: No, no, I think the NES music is, is better in a lot of ways. It just, yeah, just There's okay. something more iconic about it yeah
1: well they they seem i don't know like wasn't there uh, you know like there's this kind of weird album that they um came up with um with uh, some english girl singing uh lyrics to these uh, tunes and um Jeez. i'm not sure yeah i don't oh am i <laughs> you didn't know about this uh um, no i
0: i you're probably right i just uh i, I don't know about this no
1: the lyrics are very like sugary sweet like kind of uh talking about hope and, and uh, friends and all that stuff friendship but um
0: japan people japan yeah,
1: yeah but it's actually pretty good um definitely look it up and um yeah have you been uh, playing through this game
0: uh i have recently? Yeah. yeah yeah i'm, I'm uh, partway through it it's a when the game first came out, I'm like, I, I don't need to play that. I-, I played all of the Super Nintendo game on Virtual Console for the first time, and, you know, I, I enjoyed it. It-, it. it isn't a perfect game by any stretch, but, you know, it's just so kooky that, you know, I stuck with it. And, right. Um When this game first came out during E3, I watched um, Johnny Metz play, like, the first ten minutes of the game, and it, it is so similar. To the Super oh, Nintendo yeah. game, I mean, so so so, it, it really right. is kind of mind-bending because it, when you think about it, at least like for me, I was first introduced to the songs from the Earthbound series from like Smash Brothers, basically, and then I played the Super Nintendo game, which obviously has a lot of those songs in it, um, and uh, and then I play this game, and this game is the first game in the series, but it's like so many songs are. Are reprised in, in either the Super Nintendo and/or Smash Brothers, and, and and it's just sort of a, a, a it's all a big blur as to like what right. what came from what, what came first, um, and, and this game just sort of feels like almost like a, a de- devolution or whatever the term is for like games that are faux retro. All
1: oh, um, right. Um, well, the the music uh, uh, what they called it that. God damn it! I was not ready to talk about this. <laughs> um,
0: d make d make Right. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> so, so the, the chip game tunes. is so.
1: It sounds. It sounds like chiptunes.
0: Well, every, all these are all chiptunes. Yeah, chip I
1: know, tunes. but I, I mean, sorry, like chiptune mu- music. Like you'll find chiptune versions of uh, current music. Mm-hmm. So th- this sounds like. Yeah. Anyway,
0: it's not anyway. really coincidence. Like the, one of the composers for this game, um, mm-hmm. Keiichi Suzuki, apparently is most well known in Japan as like a pop and rock music artist, and he only composed right. a few songs, so uh, a few video game songs. In fact, maybe only other series. Um, right. And so those a lot of you know the songs that I played have very much that kind of a pop or rock feel to them, um, and I think that might be one reason why some of those songs almost feel like. Um, like those kind of you know chip versions of pop music, but right. this game's weird in that it really is close to the Super Nintendo. So this, you know, you gotta see this as a really advanced NES game, or the Super Nintendo game is kind of a, a old, very old school.
1: Yeah, well, actually, it's on purpose, right? The Super Nintendo uh, game was meant to be uh, to evoke nostalgia. It was meant to look 8-bit. Uh, in a well, not 8-bit, but you know, it was it was meant to to look not so great, like to look like, look like the NES game. Okay. So th- this was very deliberate, and uh, that that's the reason why probably the NES game looks so impressive by comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you would expect, you know, like it's an RPG and the NES. You would think, oh, it's going to look like uh, Dragon Warrior, or it's going to look right. like Final Fantasy. It's going to have that size of sprites. You know, it's going to have the, the same kind of buildings or whatever. Like At best, maybe it's going to look like something like, um, um, the, 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 the game with, um, Mike Jones.
0: Star Tropics. Star Star tropics, tropics. Tropics. Star Tropics looks pretty good.
1: Yeah, it does look pretty good. But, you know, like, you would expect maybe, like, he, I don't even know what I'm saying. Like, the buildings he enters, like, the towns that he visits, you know, they, they look pretty simple, right? Yeah. Um. And, and here you've got kind of the, these more complex cities that you're going around in, mm-hmm. um, like these tall buildings, uh, skyscrapers almost, yeah. and uh, you see a lot of things that you don't see normally in RPGs. So, uh, yeah, it, w- it did look impressive for for a Famicom game, and then the Super Nintendo was uh, intentionally retro-looking.
0: Okay, cool. Well, it, it is kind of weird, because the original Earthbound, or Mother is really advanced in some of these ways you know audio and visually it looks really impressive but in other ways it's still very old school i don't know if it's intentionally old school or just some oversights in like the user interface that maybe i'm just spoiled or something i i guess i didn't play that many nes era original rpgs but like it doesn't even tell you like how many psi points are used by a given uh spell or, or psychic uh, right power.
1: yeah i think that that kind of stuff was pretty standard. Um, uh, UI, um, UIs back then in um, uh, RPGs didn't really give you all the info, you know, like, you, you would uh, buy... You, you would go to a weapon shop most of the time and uh, you would hope that the thing that you were buying was uh, more powerful than the thing you already had equipped. Right, uh, right. There was not really a way to tell directly. And then I think over time, the RPG developers got smarter about this kind of stuff and were like, well, there's no reason why we would have to force, why the player would be forced to go to exit the store, go back to his inventory, check out the stats, and then. You know, or or to go through all these steps again to equip the thing that he just bought. Maybe, like, just equip it as soon as you bought it. I don't Um, think
0: you can even unequip items. I think you only equip them by equipping other items.
1: Right, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Ah. Uh, Like, if you get a new weapon, you you equip it um, automatically. And do you sell the old thing automatically? Or, like, it lasts forever?
0: No, no. I, I, I think if you equip something different in the same slot... Then if that goes back to Juneport, then you can sell it if you want.
1: But. Yeah, and to compound the problem, like this game also does the earthbound thing of uh, giving you things in your inventory that don't have any use, right? <laughs> yes. Like a ruler or, or whatever, and you're just like, oh, maybe you know maybe I can use this somewhere and nope.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, it just takes up space and um, you have no way of knowing.
0: Space is a huge commodity in this game.
1: It is. It is.
0: But uh, I I will defend this game. I I, I really didn't think I needed to play it. My wife was was hey, you mentioned that they had that other Earthbound game. You know, I want to download because she she really liked, uh, you know, watching me play through Earthbound, and she even played a little bit of it because you know the interface is simple enough that she wasn't that intimidated by it. Yeah. And uh, and so you know, I've been playing through it, and and, uh, it really still grabs me. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's very, very, very similar. I mean. Crying out loud, like the characters look exactly the same. I, I, I could not tell you what the difference is between the character in this game and the character in, in the Super Nintendo game. Other than I'm told right. that this one's named Ninten and the other one's supposed to be named Ness. And similarly, yeah. your your nerdy friend is Jeff in the Super Nintendo game, and I don't know. If it's, there is no default name in this game, so that, that's kind of no. makes things confusing. But I think it's like Lloyd is maybe the conventional name, and, and they look exactly the same. I, it just ah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I made the mistake of putting this game aside um, for a long time, and then I picked it. But ba- I, I tried to pick it back up uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was stuck in Magicant for some reason, and I cannot escape that place. I cannot remember. I, I, actually, I thought I was way past that, so I don't know what happened before I, I uh, stopped playing. Yeah, but, uh there,
0: it's, it's, there's some. That's another really weird progression point in this game. Is that. Um, you warp back to Magicant. You have an item that lets you warp back, but it does not let you warp back to where you were before. So okay. you warp back to Magicant. Maybe it was so that you could um, buy a really good item because um, they have a lot of you know good defense items and stuff there. Um, maybe it was because there's some stuff you can pick up for other augmentation. Um, but you have to, as far as I can tell, uh, I haven't figured out a better way, you have to trudge through like the sewer system again every time you want to leave there.
1: Oh my um, God.
0: Yeah, so there's again really weird user interface type things. where like are trudging through this area that you know the enemies are really weak, but you still have to deal with the random battles. I don't know, there's some definitely some problems with this, but uh, I must say using the save states really helps smooth over a lot of these things, like um, bullshit deaths. If you you know if you save with some regularity with the save state, it it saves a lot of headache, um, from you know random just getting clobbered by a random right. enemy that's overpowered or uh, like you were saying with items, like you purchased the wrong one, you've burned a lot of money for something mm. that isn't that useful um, I, I, If you're playing through this game for the first time, and I'm sure a lot of people are, please don't be shy about using safe states. I really do think that's the way to play <laughs> it.
1: And I would even say, like, use a walkthrough
0: Yeah, um, absolutely, because the game why doesn't yeah, The game doesn't really give you that much direction and there are definitely spots where you can wander aimlessly with these really frequent random battles, and yeah, de- definitely have a, a fac cracked open for when you need it.
1: Yeah, you can have you can have battles two tiles in a row in this game. Yep, you can do make like one step, and whoops, you're in the second battle.
0: Yeah, it's and not then, even tiles. It's like yep. I mean, the tiles. The, I don't really know if it's tile based. It's like one pixel right. step. Step, you know. It's not yeah. not like a Zelda tile system. So. Um, but it's yeah. fun. It, No, it, it's definitely a game. And I, I remember reading, you know, I think even like Chris Cole or someone was saying, you know, you know the original NES game is, is really rough around the edges and, um, you know, really difficult jumps and difficulty and stuff. And he, he wasn't all that, you know, nice to it at, at times when he was writing about the game. And I, I really do think Save States, in fact really will help you get over those hurdles. Cause it's, it's still a really interesting game even though it's really similar to the super nintendo game i'm still i'm still compelled to keep playing it and, and compare that with pokemon where it's like every time i pick up pokemon x or y whatever one i, ha- is I have uh just i i just I, I i can't stick with it it just isn't interesting enough
1: yeah and this is definitely a game i wish i had on the 3ds because uh it's it's so grindy that mm-hmm. you wish that you could be playing this on the go like distractedly and uh, yeah. get to your, you know, play a little by little that way. Um, I, I find that sitting in front of TV, it's not really a game that I want to commit to uh, in my living room for long periods of time and um,
0: Yeah, you I, know, I, I'm finding that I'm playing it a lot while listening to a podcast or even having something else on TV, using it on the gamepad, so you can get kind of some of that, but you definitely can't do it on the go which uh, which doesn't help. Yeah, but uh, off off TV plays a good choice for this game.
1: So, uh, what was the answer to the question?
0: Right. So you you were actually talking about Magicant. This character is or this enemy is in Magicant. Um, if you remember, a lot of the enemies you run into in Magicant are just sort of eyeballs or like sort of faces. Right. Um, and there's one that has a mustache. Ah. Um, uh. Right. And if you just defend and you let him attack or whatever, eventually, or sometimes right away, he'll just go, hello, or, or whatever the text says, the uh, character just said hello and walked away. For some reason, you gained XP. Um, <laughs> and uh, do you remember the name of that character?
1: Uh, Groucho Eyes
0: or something? J- yeah, just Groucho. Yeah. Groucho. Yeah. 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 So, obviously, reference to Groucho Marx.
1: Um, right. No, that's pretty funny. Yeah. And those eyeballs, like, they, they, they... I can't remember. Like, you've got the mom and dad eyes? Yeah, the um, other ones do have
0: eyes in the name. Mom eyes, dad eyes. And there's, like, Peeper or something. Like, I guess a Peeping right. Tom or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, the localization of that game is really good. And, you uh, know, it's really impressive for an NES game. I mean, I, I don't... I don't exactly know what its contemporaries were in terms of localization at Nintendo, but um, I mean, just the beginning of the game. Uh, there's like three pages of really well-written introductory text that just—it feels like a you know a good Super Nintendo localization. Agree, it's on NES. Alrighty, well that is uh, a game that I'm sure some people have been waiting a long time to hear on the show.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, there you have it. Mother slash Earthbound Beginnings.
1: So this is I think something that I played as well but uh the beginning there sounded like some sort of weird remake of uh the music of World 1 2 and Super Mario Brothers No? just like the beginning uh I don't know
0: Yeah I can I can hear that absolutely hmm. Yeah <phone rings> was it must have been there somewhere uh, <laughs> not in the middle that's okay that's a fun song
1: yeah it is although uh I, I i i know what game this is and i gotta admit when i'm stuck in a stage for a long time i i tend to go mute the music eventually because you, you hear it a lot and it becomes mm. distracting but but i love this it's beautiful
0: this game was originally released on which earlier video game system?
1: Actually, um, I um, at some point the developer of this game uh, gave away the soundtrack on their website, and I tried to hunt it down. Uh, but uh, apparently, those links are gone now. But I, I used to listen to this uh, just for fun. Um, it's it's good music. So uh, this is from Toki Tori, right? This is
0: Toki Tori, and I have the same problem. Of uh, I knew it was at one point on the website, so I, I tracked it down. But, uh, yes, this is Toki Tori. Um, I I guess this is the soundtrack from the Wii, Wii U, presumably 3DS, uh, and probably a whole bunch of other PC and other platforms.
1: Right. It definitely came out on Steam eventually, um, and uh, maybe also PS3. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, at first... Um, The the first remake came out on WiiWare, and uh, it was pretty impressive at the time. It was a a good-looking game with neat uh, graphics, really cute animations, and uh, uh, it was the first time that I had played it. Uh, As you said, there was an earlier version. Uh, Do you want me to answer the question? Yes, go for it. Yeah, so it used to be on the Game Boy Color, and I think it probably came out late on uh, that uh, in that system's lifetime, I suppose.
0: Very late. I, it, I think it came out after the Game Boy Advance was released.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, so I never played that version, even though it's also on the eShop on 3DS. So I, I guess I could, but I'm probably not gonna uh, <laughs> because I played this game already. But um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a neat little uh, puzzle platformer. Um, you. I don't know. The, the goal is to get through these levels and collect all the eggs um, uh, that you. Yeah. And the, the the thing about Tokitori is that he's kind of this little egg shape uh, chick, and uh, he can't jump. So you you, you gotta. Kind of navigate around the enemies. You gotta use uh, certain tools um, to get through a level, to, to solve it, to collect all the eggs, and uh, it gets really, really challenging. And uh, th- this soundtrack, like y- you heard this, like it's so busy, it's so there's so much going on, and it doesn't relent. It seems like uh, so you can easily imagine if you're stuck in a level for like ten minutes, at some point you're like, okay, I'm gonna mute the TV because this is too much. Um, uh, so you've never played this before.
0: I, You know, I have not played this. Cause this was a game I meant to try to pick up before I used it, but you're on, and yeah, this is requested by Eric from Garland, Texas, also known as Roy Koopa 64 in the forums. And uh, I, I knew you liked this game, so I wanted to use it.
1: Nice. Yeah, the, I, I find that the sequel is uh, much more ambitious and uh, much better in, in, in many ways and, um, but the original is still worth going back to, and I can't imagine that it's very expensive on the Wii U eShop.
0: I thought so, at uh, one point it was like one or two bucks. Maybe right. that was on, it was on sale, but I know at one point it was really, really, really cheap.
1: Right, I think that they released that and a couple of their other games, like Edge and uh, something else. Um, oh, uh, the, the Rubik's Cube, uh, Rubik's Cube yeah. game. Uh, anyway like oh like they released three games that were basically two bucks each and then you had uh tokitori 2 which was uh eight bucks and as i said much more ambitious and and really lovingly crafted and i think it kind of killed their company (laughs) because they spent uh they, they spent a lot of time on it and uh they released it and i don't think too many people bought it and um i'm definitely a fan but i i guess i couldn't convince enough people to go buy it and uh on Steam, also, I don't think it was all that popular. They ported it to um, PlayStation 3, um, and they, they had to lay off a, a bunch of people. And they're, like they're still going, they're still doing stuff. They're they're using the Tokitori 2 engine um, to make actually a shooter uh, called Rive, and uh, maybe you know of it because of the uh, the the in, the Nindies uh, kind of preview that we got on the eShop. Um, it was part of that promotion where you could download one of the demos that were made for E3, and um, so like you, you had a taste of the game. And uh, eventually, when the game comes out, uh, you get a 15% discount.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, actually, I, I think that the demos weren't that were downloadable by and large weren't even playable at E3. I mean, some of them oh, okay. were, but a lot of a lot of the ones in that promotion. Right.
1: But it was presented as uh, download this during E3 and uh, yeah and they were available maybe until a week after E3 and then they were uh, taken off the eShop so um, unfortunately you can't just go there right now and download Rive if you haven't already but uh, it, 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 it looks cool like i played the demo it looks cool you can hack enemies um, to do your bidding or to kind of uh, it seems very puzzle oriented again like you, if you see a flying enemy Uh, You can hack it and maybe you can use it to grab your your kind of tank um, uh, unit and and, uh, fly around that way. Or uh, some enemies, I think, the the boss that they had you face had a uh, medic unit uh, healing it uh, periodically and you can hack the medic unit to heal you instead, making the, the boss fight that much easier. So, uh, but also, like, it's a shooter. So, it's got tons of action, like twin stick uh, shooting and uh, bullets all over the place. And uh, it, was, it was pretty challenging, but I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Cool. All right, we got one last game here. It's going to run a little long. So, let's uh, close things out.
1: Bloop, bloop.
0: Yeah, there's a really <laughs> chunky part in there that I really like.
1: Yeah. And it was awesome listening to uh to it on the uh anyway, on, on small earbud phone uh yeah, earbuds. I can't I can't say more because I would be revealing uh anyway. Move on. This I love this so much, and th- you can tell that serious shit is going on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're happy. Why don't you give us uh, the hint question here, Yom?
1: Know? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, what is the name of the underwater city you must visit in this game? So, of course, this is uh, Final Fantasy Legend 3. Of course? Uh, this is the game... Well, of course. I don't know. I guess, of course, for me, because this, this you told me that you would pick this game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you, you requested it. I, I chose from your list.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it's been forever since I played this, but uh, it's one of the two uh, Final Fantasy Legend games that I owned as a kid on the Game Boy, and uh, probably my second RPG experience, and uh, i really liked it, you know like uh, but at this point people know that the final fantasy legend games were really uh, saga games in japan and uh, they localized them as final fantasy to make them more marketable here but back then i didn't know the difference i uh, to me it was just a uh, you know like it was just a weird version or a kind of a spin-off or whatever of the uh, the, the Final Fantasy that was on the NES.
0: It's and, probably uh, no less a Final Fantasy game than Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. I
1: mean, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And all those games share so many elements. You know, like Final Fantasy Adventure, that that's part of the Secret of Mana series. But the uh, the the original on the Game Boy had chocobos. So, uh, you know, like there's definitely a Final Fantasy connection there. And you even had the sprites for white mages and dark mages in there, except they were enemies or... Uh, no, villagers. The, the white mages were uh, villagers, and uh, the, uh, the the dark mages showed up as enemies. Um, and in Final Fantasy Legend, you also had some connections, but uh, right now it escapes me. But uh, Final Fantasy Legend 3 had some... Uh, it was, it was kind of weird to me after Final Fantasy Legend 2 because 2 eschewed so many of the the things that people came to expect in RPGs, like leveling up, like a, a gaining experience points and kind of uh, having a linear uh, a progression like that. Um, instead, like you would get random stat boosts uh, in Final Final Fantasy Legend 2. Uh, In Legend 3, it was much more straightforward, you had uh, regular, um, you know, you gain experience, you gain levels, your characters got stronger, but it did keep a weird mechanic where sometimes if you killed an enemy, it would leave uh, monster meat or it would leave uh, robot parts, and you could install robot parts in your character and it would become a cyborg with different abilities. And then you could, if you again installed robot parts, then you would turn it into a robot.
2: And if Mm. you wanted
1: to, yeah, if you wanted to undo the process, um, you had to use monster meat, and uh, then you reverted back to human or or mutant. Actually, um, some of the characters in your parties were mutants. And then if you keep eating monster meat, then you can turn them into monsters. With (laughs) uh, and there's apparently a very complex system to, 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 you know, that you can predict what you're gonna turn into but uh, as a kid i never figured that out and in fact i usually didn't really bother with the 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 robot parts and the 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 monster meat and i would just keep my my default Mm -hmm. team because they were more than capable enough already
0: They remade these in japan right for the ds Uh, they did
1: and i gotta admit um you know since i hacked my wii to be able to play the the european version of xenoblade um, I, I, I was tempted I, I, I downloaded the ds emulator for the wii uh it never worked it <laughs> never worked and so I, I downloaded the rom and i downloaded the translation patch which exists for uh, saga 2 uh but i n- could never get it to work so that that kind of sucks um in saga 3 i mean i think also has been remade uh i don't know if there's a translation patch for that but uh in a way because it was more straightforward I'm a little bit less uh, interested in seeing what they did with the remake mm. um, but it was a fun game like you had, it was very ambitious again, very ambitious for a Game Boy game uh, it came out in what like 93 maybe and uh, you had uh, time travel I think before Chrono Trigger did it um, so you had like three time periods, you could go into the, you know, they were just called past, present and future um but you were playing as these uh, these teenagers who uh, at the beginning of the game you're told they came from the future um, and um, the, the, the threat uh, the, what threatens the world that they're in is that there's this uh, I can't remember what they call it but really the sprite looks like a, a, uh, an amphora pouring water uh, like on clouds like pouring water into the world into the ocean and you're told that this uh, this thing, uh, appeared simultaneously in the past, present, and future. I don't know how that works, but uh, anyway, it's flooding the world, and uh, monsters are coming out of it, and so you're trying to stop it and to, to, to save the world. And uh, they they do some fun things with the, uh, the 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 time travel aspect because there's this underwater city, which I assume is pronounced "mu" uh, m-u-u, and um, so it exists in all those time. Uh, periods uh in the past they're, they're, uh, there's humans living there and uh, they just happen to all know the, the, the spell that you use to, to dive underwater to, to, to walk in, on the ocean floor <laughs> so they live in the city and they just uh, you know that's where they live um, but then in the present you talk to some of them and you can you get hints that some of them are kind of losing their minds um there's this kind of weird thing in the water and it's uh it's affecting them and when you go in the future uh, you go back there, and they're all monsters. If you try to talk to them, they attack you. So, uh, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of neat. Like you, you've got this tragic little story uh, mm-hmm. that plays out, and uh, uh, it's interesting. I had never seen anything like that in the game yet, so uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And of course, you could hear like the music kicks ass. The, these Final Fantasy Legend games, they they've got such great music.
0: Well, folks, we we got to wrap this up soon, but uh, we have to wrap this up—not <laughs> soon. We got to wrap this up now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, of course, hear Guillaume uh, every week uh, on the latest season of Radio Free Nintendo, along with his cohorts uh, Greg Lay and James Jones and Lindy. So check that out Uh, as a tenuous thread uh, they have a new feature of uh, game music closing out uh, each Mm -hmm. episode so um, if uh, there's a particular song you like preferably not one that uh, I just used (laughs) on this this episode of the podcast but if you have a particular song you want uh, you can let them know and you may get to hear it as the closer which is a I love that feature that's a nice idea Uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that Greg proposed that, but maybe not.
1: Yeah, Greg did, but I, I really like the feature too because it allows me to use music that I can never use in radio trivia because it's already been the game's already been used. Yep. Like I was just so devastated when I saw that Tetris Attack had already been used. I, I, hey I love hey, that soundtrack
0: don't, don't hate on that soundtrack
1: no I don't I was I was devastated because I couldn't use it myself so okay. the first thing I did yeah. when uh, we, we introduced this new feature was choose uh, something from that soundtrack I love it
0: yeah but but you guys like insulted it right after you used it
1: <laughs> no it's just uh, it, it was not it was meant to, I don't know it was playful okay. that that line is really something though <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well, uh, until next time, guys, uh, you can write in uh, your requests at typ at nintendoworldreport.com or just follow the link in the thread for this episode. Uh, Send in your requests, uh, and I will add them to my little list. So uh, until next time, please, please, please keep reading our website, nintendoworldreport.com. Keep listening to RFN and our other podcasts, and uh, just uh, have fun playing games, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. Super Mario World is copyright 1990-1991 Nintendo. King Arthur's World is copyright 1992 Argonaut Software Jaleco. Earthbound Beginnings is copyright 1989-1990 Shigesato Itoi Nintendo. Tokitori is copyright
2: 2008 Two Tribes. Final Fantasy Legend 3 is copyright 1993 Square.